0: The word that I keep coming back to is uplifting. I have this conviction based on my lived experience that uplifting people or the planet doesn't have to be draining. It can actually feel uplifting to the person who's making that impact. Welcome to another episode of Uplifting Conversations. Uh, Today's conversation is with uh, uh, Ed John Louis, Michael Young, Joshua Aviv. A group of people who i am in great debt to personally for for just introducing me to spark charge introducing me to tell ventures they have had everything to do with the uplifting capital journey as you'll hear and they've had everything to do with uplifting both the impact investing ecosystem moving forward ev and the transition to ev um just beyond excited to to have this conversation in in this format uh today uh so thank you guys for being with thanks for having us all right so I, I I would love to start with uh, the the superstar on the panel. I love you, Ed. Love you, Michael. <laughs> but we have we have Josh's time here. Um, and so, for those of you who don't know, uh, Josh, uh, founder, CEO of Spark Charge, um, uh, just an incredible entrepreneur in the EV space. Josh, can you talk a little bit about uh, what Spark Charge is doing now? And then I, I would love to also unpack some of your journey up to this point uh, momentarily.
1: Absolutely, so super excited to to be here on the podcast with you Um, to give you a high-level view spark charge We created the world's first mobile on-demand EV charging network Where electric vehicle owners and now fleets can have their cars charged, you know anytime and anywhere they want Uh, What made us unique and what made us special is the fact that we actually deliver the range to the electric vehicle owner Um, so this means that the electric vehicle owner never has to worry about finding sitting waiting searching for an EV charger, they can take their phone out and with the push of a button get range delivered. And when it as it relates to fleets, we've now basically amplified that to where a fleet can have a turnkey solution. No trenching, digging, tunneling, cabling, RFPs. Uh, tur- a fleet can have their cars charged, whether it's five cars, a hundred cars, a thousand cars, turnkey mobile charging every single day, which gives them a quicker ROI and a higher ROI and sustaining their vehicle. So, we're excited about the growth that we've had. Uh, we're on track to deliver, I think, about three million miles of range to electric vehicle owners this year, um, and we're really trending, you know, in the right direction as far as leading mobile EV charging and leading the mobile EV charging industry.
0: You talked a little bit about uh, fleets, also. Who who's it for? Like, what kind what kinds of fleets are those, um, and what do, what do those customers look like? In addition to just kind of your average person driving an EV, who's going to use the app?
1: Yeah, so our fleet business has been one of the, we're actually one of the fastest growing EV fleet companies in the United States. Um, our fleet companies range anywhere from micromobility to car rental, car sharing, autonomous vehicles, mail fleets, cargo fleets, you name it. When it comes to fleets and industries switching over from gas to electric, we're essentially the only option and the best option out there that allows them to transition to electric seamlessly. If you think about it, for an EV fleet, it can take anywhere from three to five years to get the infrastructure in place to sustain their fleets. And we can come in and basically charge every single car, every single day, and we can be up and running in as little as 14 days, under two weeks in some cases. So that value prop to the fleet is, hey, I can now receive my vehicles, I can start generating revenue on my vehicles, and I don't have to worry about charging those vehicles anymore.
0: Wow, and, and Josh, this just this story, uh, is as compelling as it is, and as much as you, I think you said three million uh, 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 miles are, are being delivered. Uh, this starts in a dorm room, right? Like, like talk talk to me about uh, where this idea comes from uh, and where you were when when you realized that uh, you could fill a gap.
1: Absolutely. So started the company at Sy- in Syracuse University. Um, really came from the idea I was in an environmental economics class, which was my focus. And the professor said, if you want to solve the problem for infrastructure, look at EV charging, right? If this huge problem is going to come along, where well, we're going to have, you know, millions of electric vehicles on the road, but we won't have the infrastructure to charge them. There won't be any infrastructure there to actually keep them charged. And he said, you know, if you're interested, solve that problem and really started looking in to how do we solve that problem? How do we, you know, what are the nuances when it comes to EV charging and realizing that, you know, it's very inefficient to put a pole in the ground trickle charge an electric vehicle, have to find it, sit there, wait for hours for the car to charge. Why can't the charge come to me, right? So why can't I be in the comfort of my home, out and about, grabbing a cup of coffee? You know, why can't the charge allow me to have the freedom to drive my electric vehicle? And we set out to really solve that problem. The first product that we launched was the Road EV1, which was the world's first mobile DC fast charging EV charger, Um, and that really took the world by storm because it opened up this idea that DC fast charging didn't need to be fixed. It didn't need to be stuck in one place. And then you can actually see the Rodee V2 over my shoulder here, where we upgraded it, uh, fixed the design, made some changes to it. Um, and then we announced, you know, currently and Spark Charge Mobile and the Rodee V3, which then took it to the masses, right? So we created this amazing technology. How do we open up access to everyone everywhere? And
0: that's where Spark Charge Mobile came into play. And at some point, you knew you had something that worked. What was the process of going from that idea, uh, kind of having a, a prototype and something that that you knew uh, could change the world, to then being able to scale that? And so, it comes in somewhere along that journey. But what, where did, wh- what was the process of uh, finding the funding and and finding sort of the backing to to scale that? Um, yeah, Absolutely.
1: So when we first started out, a lot of our funding was through pitch competitions, awards, um, grants, things like that. So, you know, we first started, I think our first award was like 500 bucks, right? It was a very simple, you know, award, the Raymond Van Dron idea prize. And I think, you know, we won that $500. And then uh, from there we won Panache. And I think that was like 20,000. And from there we won New York state business plan competition. That was hundred thousand. Then we got into tech stars. We raised I think three hundred thousand, and from there we got into forty three North. That was a million. From there, Shark Tank. From there, the White House. So you know, when you think <laughs> about it, really, it started, you know, from this simple idea and just going out and pitching that idea, getting people to believe in and buy into how we were planning to change the world. Which that
0: sounds easy, right? Like it was. I mean, it's it's obvious. Oh, yeah. so-, <laughs> no. so, Ed, Ed, Ed why, why don't you and Michael uh, kind of talk a little bit about? Like what you saw, and and why, when I came to you, you were so excited about, or when you came to me, you were so excited and, and so so deeply, um, a sort of passionate about Spark Charge and Joshua and and what he's gonna do for the world.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I'll I'll just say it wasn't it was I forget the stop right before the White House, but we didn't go from whatever that that stop before the White House was straight to the White House. Uh, is a lot of a lot of steps in between, but uh, to be perfectly honest, we were fortunate. To be honest with you, fortunate one to have had some domain knowledge. I won't even say expertise. Some domain knowledge about the electric vehicle charging space. I think in 2019, when we met Josh, the EV space there was a lot of energy there, but it didn't feel anything like it feels today. Um, and I think um, we we were just fortunate to be be in the right place at the right time. Uh, we are also fortunate to be introduced to Josh by another fellow, um, uh, person from Massachusetts, a friend of mine, Lucas Turner Owens, uh, who I was able to connect with, uh, through the venture space in the Boston ecosystem. He had connected us, uh, with Josh. He was at the Eugene Project at the time. Uh, more of a community-based investing organization, and, um, from that introduction, uh, Michael and I really just kind of put our heads together to try to understand uh, sort of what the opportunity was um, and sort of would mobile charging be, did mobile charging have a place um, within the charging landscape? And I think for us, something that really did play a large part of sort of our decision-making was sort of our background, right? So one, um, Michael and I are both for low-income communities, right? going to be from somerville uh and i happen to live uh, grow up in public housing right and one of the things that we saw when we saw spark charge was ultra fast charging uh for electric vehicles but we saw um access to access right uh and blanking on this uh but i saw that a study was released around uh, california and pollution and uh what EVs have done to remove pollution from California, but what they found was most of these emission uh, gains were made in affluent neighborhoods, right? And so thinking about how do you unlock charging for the masses, right? As opposed to a segment of uh, the masses. And if we're able to do that, um, then we're able to serve uh, a large community, a large population, if we're able to do that, that's a large outcome. So that's sort of, 40,000 foot view of what we were thinking, at least from my perspective. And I'll pass it over to Michael, fill in any gaps that I might have missed.
0: Yeah, but I, let me, but before you, I love that you connected that to your background. What, one, like one, one of the things that, that we talk about as we invest in fund managers and companies is this whole idea of inclusion alpha. Um, this idea that when you have people who aren't from traditional investing backgrounds, they see opportunities that don't sort of appear or, or don't hit the radar, aren't properly evaluated by those traditional sets of eyes. And so this whole idea of seeing the opportunity in EV to provide access to neighborhoods that didn't necessarily have access to EV, EV charging is uh, is to me profound and underscores like so much of what I think um, will be done uh, in both impact investing, but also just inclusive investing more broadly. That's That's super powerful.
2: Right. A, a, a thousand percent. I'll just share that. Like, that's our superpower, right? Like, I see things, how you see things, how Michael sees things, how Josh sees things, how Tamir sees things. Like, that's, that's what gives us our edge, right? And um, what's really important, right, is the conviction behind that edge, right? And when you find an entrepreneur like Josh, who's uh, hit a bunch of technical milestones, right, who has these... um tier one logos uh, on his deck, right? Or in his customer set, right? And he's having challenges fundraising. That's what gets me excited. It's like, oh, this is, (laughs) you guys don't see it. And now this is our opportunity to sort of fill that space. And um, fortunately uh, we were persistent. And quite frankly, fortunately Josh uh, chose us, right? Uh, Because here's, here's the Here's a, a not so dirty secret, right? Is that Josh can say no to our money, right? And if we, uh, aren't bringing value to him and if we're not really, uh, thinking about things in a differentiated way, right. And we're just run of the mill, same, same, uh, same, uh, investor archetype as you're already running into, uh, on the fundraising, r- raising trail, then like, that's where you've missed the opportunity to me. Right. And so he kind of checked every single box that we had on our, our checklist, right? We were just getting started out, but we had what we like to think of as a, as a checklist that we, that we wanted to go through. And for us, he didn't have everything figured out. Right. But that's the exciting part about this is like, Hey, if we are able to hit some of these um, milestones and this changes the entire picture for not just Josh, not just for us and our backers and our LPs, but really for um people who lived in Camden New Jersey right people who live in housing in Massachusetts people who live in rural uh middle America right where there's charging deserts right where it doesn't make sense on the union economic basis to put charting stations there now we're actually serving a ton of different demographics and uh, locales and we're serving larger markets right than we would have served if we were um providing charging at high end to mid mid,
0: mid luxury shopping centers if you will yeah, no, that's that, that's powerful. Yeah, you said you, you said something about um, not making sense. Like it, di- it just didn't make sense that level of access. It, I I think the same thing about uh, kind of this opportunity to when when you brought the opportunity for us to participate in Spark Charges Series A, it didn't make sense to me that that opportunity <laughs> was still available. Right? Like when you're investing yeah. and you're looking for alpha, like you're you're always wanting to find imbalances or you're wanting to find wrinkles and hiccups i'm like this does not make sense like this this dude is an ev this dude is obviously brilliant like he has validated what he's doing it makes zero sense to me like whatever little ducats i can scrape together i can get anybody to scrape together we're running here because it just didn't make sense but that is that that's a piece of that having a different set of eyes and a different background
2: i I gotta get two shut uh two shots and i'm gonna shut up and then you can jump in but two shout outs um david hall david hall arrives at the rest he introduced josh and team to robbie um uh, robbie uh, robbie robinson uh, uh robbie and Rich and helen and team uh, so he made the introduction over there i mentioned robbie uh because i gotta give a shout out to robbie robbie and i had a conversation as we were going through the diligence uh, for the for for the Series A and their participation round, and he and I had this same exact conversation. They built their fun thesis around this, right? Of um, backing opportunities that are mis-evaluated by the market, right? To me, that's a deep value mindset. So we saw the world really similarly in that in that uh, instant or in that uh, instance. But um, gotta yeah. give him a major shout out, right? Because he ended up ultimately participating around. Uh, Pendulum has been great partners. Uh, not only to Josh and team, but to us as well. Um, but that's really, that's the missing piece, right? Is forget about what everybody else is. I don't care what everybody else is looking at. In fact, I hope they keep looking at what they're looking at, because if they're not looking at what I'm looking at, that's the opportunity. And that's sort of, um, why I keep saying the right place at the right time, kind of the dominoes sort of lined up for us to get really great partners. Um, on the capital side, that saw the world the way we saw it at the Series A, where a lot of people maybe didn't see what we saw at that time.
0: That's right. All right, Michael, we're going to stop stepping on you, man.
2: <laughs> I'll just say, i am put myself hey, on the pitch count, man. Mike is being hey, over there, and he's going to talk about talk here. That,
3: that's what he's trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> no, sir, listen, listen. I let Ed the long to one of the, of the two, so I, I let him. Uh, do this thing, and he always does it so well. So I just I'm here, back, you know, playing backups in you. Um, I mean, you guys, you guys, you know, touched on all the all the all the right points, right? Um, I think one thing that um is, that I would like to bring up, is, you know, how we thought about building, you know, what we're doing, and, and also investing alongside of Josh is, uh, you know, not only supporting you know founders who look like Josh, um, and including uh, communities. Uh, who look like us and where we come from, uh, but also participating in the economic uh, transition, right? Uh, and including our investor network uh, and giving access to investors who look like us um, uh, uh, an opportunity to invest uh, and first look at, uh, at you know some of these opportunities. thus stock- is included, um, and so uh, that's one of the things we built intentionally um, because we've seen. Um, how venture capital can uh, need can needs um, and how investments are how growing businesses can provide jobs uh, and, and provide an economic um, uh, sort of uh, out, outcome, if you will, uh, that can be impactful to immediate family generations uh, of families. Um, and that's something that we want to fix then to, uh, to yeah, so so Josh, I
0: know Ed touched on his his background a, a little bit, but I would love to know um, what how did how did you come to this problem? And so you you talked about uh, I think environmental engineering, um, and and kind of moving into this and and having a heart to solve this huge climate issue. Uh, what 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 thrust you there um, like em- internally? Like what why why did you want to work on that problem?
1: Absolutely. So for me, it was something I, I was always into, you know, automotive and, you know, during the environmental economics class, it was something that was like, you know, I've always been into cars, right? Always. This is like a perfect complement of both, right? You know, energy, sustainability, automotive, all coming together. And I remember like the, the defining moment for me was like, you know, hey, I'm carrying my laptop to class, right? It has a battery. My cell phone has a battery. I'm carrying it to class. My headphones have a battery. I'm carrying it to class, right? Like you know, if if I can be, if all these things are portable, why isn't EV charging, right? Mm-hmm. If EV charging, if we can make charging portable, can we help grow and scale electric vehicles in a faster, more equitable way? And we've been able to kind of prove that, right? I mean, if you think about it, mobile charging has opened up the door for hundreds of EV owners to receive charge where they otherwise wouldn't, whether it be in communities that have basically been left behind, which we call charging deserts, people stranded on the side of the road. Fleets that want to get their vehicles up and running, EV owners who want more convenience and freedom. We have really come in with like a technology and a solution that allows them to do that that previously was never there before. And if you think about it, the number one reason why someone doesn't buy an electric vehicle is because of range. The number two reason is access to charging. (laughs) So they go hand in hand. And we really said, well, we can actually solve both of those with one solution.
0: That's incredible. Yeah, Ed, Ed why, why don't you talk a little bit about what you touched on earlier, uh, which is I, I know I know some of your why um, and, and why you feel like um, investing in the way that you invest is is both profitable um, and and also uh, transformative. But where does that where does that come from? How does that relate to uh, your background?
2: yeah for sure I, I so i'll piggyback on something michael was saying in terms of how we intentionally built this right um uh kind of shared a little bit about our backgrounds where we come from i think uh, a, a principle we both live by is everybody eats right we come from inner cities where uh resources are limited right and so i think we both um grew differently but group similarly and that allows us to see the world similarly, but see the world differently. Right. And I'm talking about Michael and myself. And I think, um, we had an idea around our fund when we wanted to come out to start. We, uh, got to give credit to Michael. Uh, one of the tenants, uh, the main tenants around our fund was around helping founders build strong culture strategically intentionally early on a gap that we saw in the market at the time blitz scaling was, I think the predominant, um, ideology. Uh, And we just sort of saw a trend where really great operators are scaling really quickly. And then um, the businesses and investors suffered in the long term. And uh, again, we kind of just got fortunate with some of the people that we were able to meet um, who were able to help us bring this visualization to to, to reality. And so we were able to build a really robust co-investment program. Got to give a shout out to Carrie Bowie. Uh, over with uh, Brown, the green space and the Excel uh, Um, He actually was one of the first people we had reached out to for our chart when we were syndicating the deal. And he uh, kind of stared with his network, right? And and that helped us bring in some of the capital for, for some of the investment, right? But from that um, sort of experience, we realized that that was actually a superpower, right? Like, it was all this demand from... Uh, executives, entrepreneurs, um, high net worth individuals that were people of color or women, right? who Wanted to invest in the startup space, but did not have access, right? Didn't know where to start, right? And uh, we realized that there was a way to sort of tap into collective, um, collective economics, right? Group economics to invest in startups, drive capital, right? But also hopefully build generational wealth for, these communities right and so that we can sort of uh rinse and repeat if you will so that's that's sort of what we live by right we try to find people that we got a lot of no's just like josh gets a lot of no's just like a lot of entrepreneurs get a lot of no's uh just like you guys get a lot of no's right and so our point of view is that's part of the game right but let's find people that rock with us right and if you can find people like um uh, whether it be uh yourself, Tucson, right? Or whether it be another shot at Summer Watson, right? Mm-hmm. A good friend of mine out here in LA, uh, she actually brought push T into the deal, right? So we were able to bring Push into the deal, right? And now we're doing this in a bunch of different spaces where we're getting people who we're meeting, people who we have relationships with, people who we uh, meet along our trail who are looking to start to diversify into alternative assets, right? Who now want to participate with us and in turn, we're bringing them to the best founders that we know a la Josh a la Shiloh right and trying to build generational worth within our community right and prove that um, founders like Josh founders like Shiloh can have great opportunities or great outcomes right
0: if they're given the opportunity to compete what's what's giving you guys hope right now that that works that that formula works
2: that we're having this conversation (laughs) right That, that, that one um a lot of people don't know this and i won't go into the details here uh but we had the opportunity to invest multiple times in the spar charge right and to me uh josh is a repeat customer right which means that something about what we've been doing is working right something about our process our platform is beneficial to entrepreneurs and so that, to me we, we michael and i have a conversation about this uh, uh, frequently. Right. And if you go through so many no's, you only you're, you're gonna question things. Right. But, uh, for us, that's, that's the starting point is like, how do entrepreneurs feel? Um, how are they performing? Um, how do they feel about our assistance and what they're building? Right. And are we generating value for our LPs? Everything else is noise. We don't care about the noise, uh, save all the accolades, just the dough and mm-hmm. What gets us excited is when we get in a meeting with Josh and he starts sharing all the updates and we're like, oh, this is way more exciting than we could have even envisioned, let me put it that way.
0: Yeah. So I I, I would ask Josh the same question. You covered a lot of this early on, but like what what gives you hope that that what Spark Charge is doing continues to change the world and and uh like yeah, what gives you hope? Yeah,
1: I think seeing the traction that we have to date, right? I mean, when you think about it, right, when, when Ed, Michael uh, first invested, you know, this was, hey, we, we're we on track to do something amazing. We've got this amazing technology. Now, you know, I think this year, you know, we opened up a brand new factory, right? 40,000 square foot manufacturing facility in Buffalo, New York. That, that factory itself is going to produce somewhere close to th- over 300 gigawatt hours of energy, right? That's almost triple what you get in the Tesla Gigafactory. So we will, you know, by the end of this year, be on track to be the nation's basically largest producer of energy going into electric vehicles. And when we think about like how we're looking at the market, when we think about like how we're looking at traction, it's more so on a point of scale to where it's like, okay, it's no longer about like, oh, are you validated? It's no longer about, oh, do like, you have the technology? We've got the technology, we've got the patents. Now it's more about how quickly can we run And what gives me faith and what gives me hope is seeing that traction happen in real time. We never would have thought, you know, even a year ago, right, that we'd be able to say, like, hey guys, we're actually on track to produce more energy going into electric vehicles than anyone else, right? And the fact that we're able to do that and show that and prove that constantly is something that really validates not only like where we were even a year ago or two years ago or three years ago. But you know, looking at that journey to where we are now, it's a true testament to like our hard work and dedication. But I continue to like get re- rejuvenated and have faith in the company every day because I'm seeing the impact that we're having.
0: Incredible.
3: So, so I'll, I'll say that I'll say that uh, Josh is the us hope. Um, and and you might not have believed that Josh a year ago, but four years ago when we invested in you, and uh, and I had a private conversation and. Uh, and we looked at each other and uh, said two things, that this is it and he's the guy, right, um, to do it, right? So um, we, we, we believe that, you know, the impact that you're going to have um, and the scale that you're going to get to uh, is is uh, far beyond what most people would will, will have imagined uh, for you. And, and that may include yourself, um, but just know that you have uh, – yeah, folks that believe it. You go ahead, Josh.
1: No, I was just saying, love it, love it. And I think that's I think what Michael, you know, what Michael said too is something that separates, I think, good, good investors from great investors, right? Like I think good investors, you know, almost anyone can write a check. Um, great investors have conviction in the companies that they back. They have faith in the entrepreneur, they have faith in the business, and they support and stand by the business. And I think that's one of the things that has set tail apart. You know, it it does not matter day or night um you know rain or sunshine they've stood with us um and they've had conviction in the company and it's now starting to like bear fruit in ways that we never never could have imagined but they
0: imagine (laughs) i I have conviction in all of y'all, brothers uh uh, it's a pleasure to, to spend a little time time with you guys like i i i see the trajectory of spark charge i also see the trajectory of each of you uh, individually and, and collectively. And yeah, it's it's a joy to to watch and, and participate in, in the smallest way. Uh, so if, if folks want to support um uh uh Spark Charge currently, uh what's the best way for for people to follow and, and support and and kind of get involved with this movement?
1: Absolutely. Um our website is the best way. People can absolutely learn more about you know, mobile charging, you can download the app on both iOS and Android today. um, And you can actually have range delivered to you. And I think about across 20 cities in the United States now, uh, primarily California, Texas, and Boston, Um, you can really uh, California, Texas, Massachusetts, and you can have range delivered um, today. Um, If you want to learn more about, you know, our fleet charging and our mobile chargers, our website, you know, we get, we respond to people every single day um, inquiring about the technology. So we're always open to it feel free to get in touch with us and we're always
0: hiring too. All right. All, all good signs. All good signs. <laughs> and good and signs. How, how can folks support, uh, you, you and Michael's, uh, journeys, missions, uh, investing activities?
2: Yeah, for sure. I'd, I'd say if, if you go on our website and you see any of our founders, feel free to reach out to them. Uh, feel free to, to reach out to us. Uh, a lot of them will be looking for capital in the near future right that's the nature of the business so that's always a way uh to, to kind of collaborate with us we're always looking for new relationships right and sort of what we're working on is continuing to build a base of early stage financing right so that we can continue to see more and more entrepreneurs get the opportunity to compete um, in their ecosystem and uh the other thing i'd say too is just reach out and build we're, we're here um michael and I are, um, like I mentioned, we have the fund, we have the co-investment program. We have some things that we're working on, uh, for, for, for the near term and in the intermediate term. So if there are folks that are interested in learning more about what we're doing, um, and how they can get involved, please feel free to reach out to us on the website or tap in on, uh, on the socials, as the kids say.
0: Love it. All right. Anything to close, Michael, you're feeling good. You Glad Ed do the talking. <laughs>
3: I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling good. And, and uh, and, uh, uh, running the race today. So I'm, I'm feeling good. <laughs> well, well,
0: all seriousness, I, I truly do appreciate you brothers. I, I appreciate the time. Um, and am excited to continue to support everything you guys have going on. Please be sure to subscribe, like, and click the notification button. So you never miss an episode.